A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Promoting U.S. red meat to the rest of the world is the job of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. That work continues even during geopolitical unrest and supply chain disruption. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, talking with Dean Meyer. Dean is the new chairman of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. He's also a farmer himself out of Iowa, raising beef, pork, corn, and soybeans. He tells me more about the strategy of the federation and gives us a look at how supply and demand for red meat look around the globe. U.S. Meat Ex Federation consists of nine different sectors. It's uh, corn, soybean, beef, pork, um, packers, purveyors, and uh, all those involved in the red meat production and exporting business. And we all sit around the table. We work together for a common cause, promoting U.S. red meat on the world's table. So all of those commodities, you all have to work together because you all need each other. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, livestock's the number one consumer of corn. Um, soybean meals consumed by a lot of pork. And, um, yeah, we're, we're all there for the same reason. It's really neat. You know, we've got differences outside the room at times, but it's... What really excites me is how we can all come together and we can all sit at the same table and we can make decisions for a common cause. And uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. We work together great. Um, whether you're a packer or whether you're a pork producer or beef producer, um, we can sit there and we can learn from each other. The packers learn from the producers. Producers learn from the packers and traders. And then we can go into those countries and together promote our product. Um, we, t- we take teams of over there, and uh, whether you're a beef producer, pork producer, or corn or soybean farmer, uh, a meat trader or packer, we can all promote that product together. And that's what those countries want to hear. They want to hear the whole story. I want to talk more about the latest initiatives of U.S. Meat Export Federation. Where have your latest trips been? What's your latest pitch to some new export markets? Well, as you know, U.S. Meat Export Federation is broad-based. We don't key on one country. we got 18 offices around the world. We're in well-mature markets like Japan, Korea, um, rising markets like China, and then new markets like uh, Africa. Uh, we've got staff in Africa now. Africa's got the youngest demographics in the world, huge population, growing middle class. That's where we want to be. In 10 years, they're going to be a key player in meat exports. And... Um, and what really adds value is the variety meats and the underutilized cuts that, that we don't consume here in this country. We're able to add a lot of value to that in the market where it has value. Uh, beef tongue, for example, Japan will take all the beef tongues that, that we want. They, they love them and they desire them. And uh, we sell 90% or more of our beef tongues to Japan. Um, intestines, um, livers, you know, livers to Africa. Um, that's where the value is at. When, it, when you relate it back to the producer, these, these variety meats and underutilized cuts add $60 or more value to every carcass in this country. That's, that's real value. And then meat exports totally add almost $500 per head on beef and $60 on pork. If we would not have exports, we would get that much less for each product. So that's why we're here, and that's that's why we team together to do this because USMEF really excels in selling the cut of meat in the in the country where it has the most value. Yeah. Can you walk me through what's happening right now with supply? 
Well, ac- actually, right now the supply is there, but we're looking at the next couple of years. The drought in this in the southeast part of this country has really reduced the cow numbers and drastically. I mean, I think it's the biggest reduction in 14 years. And so our supply is going to be a challenge. Demand is going to continue to be there, and we think the value is going to be there. But uh, that's why we promote these underutilized cuts. They're going to be more important. The variety of meats, the underutilized cuts. We're going to we're going to be promoting more of that in those countries because of our supply issue. Um, demands demands we feel is going to really be good because a lot of these countries are maybe zero COVID policy or uh, still emerging from COVID. Their food service is just opening up, so there's huge opportunity there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, our our supply side is going to be a challenge in the next two years, and um, that's why it's going to be important to promote the cuts that maybe aren't consumed here but have opportunity in those individual countries. Yeah, and so that's looking ahead to the beef side of the meat equation. Can you also speak to pork? Pork, on the other hand, I think is going to increase supply. They, they predict a, a slightly increase, and I think I think pork demand is going to grow. We've seen it now even in China again. We know that 2020 was a great year for pork uh, because of uh, the African swine fever and their challenges with production in China. And, but they, they rebuilt the herd, but now we see it pulling back, and uh, we think there's going to be opportunity there. Mexico. South, Central and South America, pork demand is tremendous. So we, we, we're looking at good opportunities and, and a growing market in the next year for pork. Is the world looking at U.S. as a top, the U.S. as a top producer, and are we an affordable source uh, for other countries to import meat? What, what the world looks at U.S. red meat is it's, it's safe, it's reliable, and it's the most nutritious in the world it really is and it's because of our grain-fed products um, you know there's there's grass-fed there's there's other grain-fed animals from other countries but our our high quality corn and soybean fed pork and beef is what really sells our product and then the safety of it and and the, and it's in the abundance of it there's competition there that's why we've got staff in 18 countries around the world that I guess What's really important to me as a producer is it's my checkoff dollars that are leveraged with government funds that promote these products and put these staff into these countries. If it wasn't for the for the beef, pork, soybean, and corn checkoff, we wouldn't be able to do this, and we wouldn't be able to attain government funds, the MAP and FMD funding to promote this. And that's a neat thing about it. That's why we're there, and that's why you know I enjoy being on this board to uh, work with those other commodity groups, those traders, and those packers to, to promote U.S. red meat. Dean, you had to mention earlier of the different cuts that you know different areas of the world are interested in. What about breeds, breeds of, of beef? And I ask because of the rise in the dairy beef cross sector, obviously, and the dairy state, that's something of interest. Beef on dairy is going to be a key ingredient in the future and it is already the genetics have improved the the dairy producers are doing a much better job of putting the right beef on their dairy animal producing a product that's really desirable in the market not only domestically but internationally and uh, it's it's kind of going to flatten the curve a little bit on this on this uh, production decline because we have quality 
beef on dairy that's going to kind of fill in that void somewhat. I mean, it's always included in the total numbers, but when you can raise the quality of, of, the, of the dairy beef animal, it's going to be a win-win, both domestically and internationally. Now I want to ask you about U.S. Meat Export Federation's role when it comes to policy on Capitol Hill. Do you have a voice in uh, the Farm Bill or in trade agendas for, for the Biden administration? The U.S. Meat Export Federation does not lobby, but we're able to uh, we're able to inform, we're able to to direct the commodity groups that fund us through the checkoff and and their policy boards in in, uh, in lobbying. I mean, uh, wh- whether it's the national pork producers, whether whether it's the national cattlemen's, whether it's the national corn growers or soybean growers, we sat down with them and and tell them what's important to us and whether it's you know we're, we're excited that there's legislation out there to increase MAP and FMD funding I mean that's been stagnant for I think 14 years and um, our doubt do- the dollars don't go as far we're excited there's legislation there and, and those dollars are used very wisely by this organization I you know it, it's teamed together with uh, checkoff dollars and then industry down when we go do a promotion in a country there'll be a costco or walmart that'll add industry dollars into that and i've seen that checkoff dollar return 26 to 1. it's a great investment as as a checkoff organization and that's why it's important we we continue to lobby for policy on map and fmd funding and then trade free trade it's really easy to sell u.s red meat in countries where you have a free trade agreement with no tariffs We, we need trade we need the funds we can do the job. And last question for you, what's next for U.S. Meat Export Federation? What's on the horizon? Well, we, we just came off our strategic planning conference last week in Oklahoma City, and uh, U.S. Meat Export Federation is at work every day. I mean, we've got international staff doing something in countries, you know, every day. Uh, we've got events in 80 different countries. That, that's the beauty of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. It's broad-based. We don't focus on one country. If there's an opportunity, we send somebody there. It's a staff at work, and um, and we and we work with not only the paid staff but the volunteer staff like myself from from the different commodity groups, and and we put teams together. And uh, you know, there's now that we're, we've emerged from COVID, we can freely travel to most countries, and as a team with with multiple different types of producers from different species of grain and livestock we can tell the same story together and that's what's really exciting about this and that's what especially southeast asia wants to hear they want the whole story that's what sells our product that's iowa farmer dean meyer who also serves as chairman of the u.s meat export federation again working to raise the value of u.s meat by promoting it all over the world as he outlined there's some headwinds that might be approaching with the supply of beef projected to fall But as he said, the dairy industry might be the key to bringing supply up through crossbred cattle. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.